from newstalkzb.co.nz. It's the Mike Hosking Breakfast with BNZ. Yeah, and welcome to the rewrap for Tuesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on News Talk ZB in a silly package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning, uh, well, where's being fee free got us? Uh, some numbers are out on that. Uh, disturbing numbers around petrol prices. Uh, even more disturbing numbers if you're uh, David Seymour and the votes come in on Dancing with the Stars. And Winston's quadruple, potentially quadruple, pause of inner turmoil. Uh, but before any of that, uh, putting up wages doesn't necessarily attract recruits. Part of it is a lack of communication from industry over getting their profession in front of kids. Engineering would be a very good example. It's a world of options in engineering that half the kids wouldn't have the slightest idea about. Part of its career guidance, which I'm told by those in the business as well as the kids themselves, hasn't changed in decades. And part of it is attitude. I fear we are producing increasing numbers of New Zealanders who don't actually want to do a lot of work. From Hospo to truck driving to fruit picking to building, year in, year out, there are shortages. Shortages, shortages, shortages. And so pay them more, was the argument, if only... We didn't offer slave wages. We would solve our problem. Well, we've got some new evidence. They did pay them more in rest home care. They paid them a fortune more, up to 50%, 50% more. A landmark deal. You remember it. It was brought about through activism and protest. Pay equity, a massive $2 billion bill to go with it. And yet, what do we find out? We've got new numbers. Has the shortage been fixed? No. Is there a line of applicants to collect this new pay rate? No. Are they pretty much in the same place they were before the deal? Yes, they are. The only thing that's really changed, as one person told me last week who has a parent in care, was the massive bill that's been passed on to the punter. We're paying for all of this. So those affected are all paying more for the same service, while at the same time the service still has the same issues it had before the whole thing began. Now, this may or may not play out in other industries, I don't know, but for all those who argue pay is everything, clearly wrong. Clearly wrong, and we need to go back to basics. Why do we work and why do we work at the work we work at? And the answer has to be fun, some sort of enjoyment or pride or satisfaction. It has to be a means to an end, a pathway, some experience or a calling. It is not just about money. Because if the rest home scenario is a case study, they've handed out up to 50% and it hasn't worked. And if that doesn't work and we're still arguing that cash is the answer, then a lot of people are going to be going broke. I mean, don't uh, forget, also, you've got to take into consideration how absolutely useless young people are these days. Uh, He didn't mention that as one of the factors behind them not doing these jobs. Um, But if they're not doing their jobs, why aren't they at university? Especially when it doesn't cost anything. From our ongoing theory versus reality fails comes the government's great fail on university study. Next year is on me. Remember that line Jacinda Ardern announcing free student study to an adoring student audience next year is on me. It wasn't, of course. It was on us, as it's always on us. The taxpayer and the slip was a good example of those who forget whose money it is they're actually spending, tend to be able to spend it with a certain alacrity. And so the results are out. We have the stats. The idea was, of course, twofold. One, to increase the number of students studying and to make it easier and less of a financial burden to do so. So how many have lined up for this pot of educational gold? No one. 0.3% is the increase in enrolments, and there's no reason to believe that isn't actually a seasonally, annually, populationally sort of blip anyway. And even if everyone of those 0.3% is a direct result of that policy, you can't even begin to argue the policy is a hit. The irony, of course, is the universities have spent more money and time and admin 
sorting out the changes than there were people to actually, as it turns out, fill the seats. So one would think this answers once and for all the question, does a fee of some sort prevent those who want to study from studying? The resounding answer, no, appears to be the case. Dovetail the failure of this policy with the stats released last week that showed the average student debt is only between ten dollars and $15,000, and you have a picture vastly different from the one painted by those who support all this largesse. Their argument has been that fees are egregious, that they're a barrier and only the rich can study. I mark that now about 9 out of 10 on the crapper meter. They leave with qualifications for life, increased job opportunities and a bill that really, in the grand scheme of things, is minor if not insignificant. And when offered it for nicks, no thanks. In one way, it's a relief because the fear, of course, was a lot of no-hopers would enrol because... Why wouldn't you? So they could spend the year discovering themselves the way they used to before the fees first got introduced in the first place. So on that, I guess, we've seen a new maturity. But as for a policy, this is a classic Labour Party policy all over. All theory, no reality. Next year's on me. I'm sure the four people who lined up, thank you. I had a bit of an epiphany on this this morning. I was thinking about it and I was thinking, you know, it wasn't until late November that we actually knew who was in charge of the country. And at that stage, uh, we started thinking about would this uh, fee-free policy come in. Um, Surely even idiot young people have already made decisions about what they're doing next year by that stage. They're not suddenly going to change all their plans around and suddenly go to university. I'm just saying, let's wait another year, maybe, before we know whether it's worked or not. I'll tell you what is starting to bite is petrol price. The petrol, which is coming shortly, 11.5 cents per litre. Uh, Dave Bodger, who's a regular on the programme from Gull, he slammed the government, says the regional fuel tax appears to have been produced in a vacuum, a government vacuum, and he's right. This could be a mess that business has to tidy up. They'll spread it all over the country. It's not going to be just Auckland. If you're listening in Invercargill this morning, or Westport this morning, or Nelson this morning, or Tamaranui this morning, or Christchurch this morning, or Nelson this morning, or Taupo this morning. You're paying for it. 11.5 cents, he says, is a hell of a tax would be passed on to the motorist, which of course is true, and yet across the Tasman, and it reminds me of the conversations we have with Andrew Kelleher these days that Australia's back, national petrol price is likely to keep falling, falling in Australia. National average price now is a buck fifty, as their school holidays are upon them next week. So they're falling, we're going up. And what do you think is going to happen to migration because of that? To be honest, as much as I love cheap petrol, it's not enough of a motivating factor to get me to move to Australia. Um, If you can guarantee there'll be no Australians there when I get there, Mm, maybe. Uh, David Seymour's moving off Dancing with the Stars, of course. Trending now on the Mike Hosking Breakfast. Now, if you haven't been following Dancing with the Stars, uh, do we have news for you too? We have news for you. David Seymour is gone. Uh, David can't dance, of course, not even close. Uh, we got a lot of votes that saved him and sort of turned the show into a bit of a joke because it was a dancing show until it turned into a sort of a voting popularity contest anyway. But last night... Even with the elimination dance, he was gone, and the social media basically is miserable. This elimination dance-off seems unnecessary. It's like having a rap battle between Kendrick Lamar and Vanilla Rice. Maroons fans in Morning Today, now joined by ACT, Nats and right-wing loyalists at the latest news from Dancing with the Stars. Another one says David Seymour needs his own show. We're going to miss him in our house. Can't believe we won't see more of David on Dancing with the Stars. See how clever the audience is? Bye... David Seymour, you danced your way into our hearts. I'm starting an OBE campaign for Amelia on Dancing with the Stars. You can't lie, she's done a real good job with David Seymour. Somewhere in a dark room, wind howling outside, Susie Cato stares into the abyss and whispers, See ya, 
See you later, David. <laughs> That's quite clever. Uh, this is going to be the best boost to a political career David Seymour could possibly hope for. A lot of people said that. Very big with the young people. Very mm. popular on the old Insta with the young people. And, um, you know, sometimes people just vote for strange, unusual things. Look I was never confident for him, given that I, I never actually thought he was that good at walking. No. So I always thought the dancing was going to be a stretch. I, I um, did actually. I mean, I don't watch this. It's not a program I watch. I'm not... I don't know if you know about this me about me, but I'm not a fan of reality TV generally. Uh, but um, I did actually happen to see his final dance last night because I just got home from the gym and it was on a TV in my house. And I couldn't. It was like a car crash. I couldn't tear my eyes away. Um, he couldn't even hold hands with his partner properly, which I thought showed some intimacy issues or something. Not sure. Hey, we had Winston Peters on uh, this morning. He's in charge of us now. I know what you're thinking now. This, Was, is, this is actually an historic day. It is an historic day. This is a, a groundbreaking day. Super exciting day. Was there a pause of inner turmoil with Winston? No, the question is, Mike, were there four pauses of inner turmoil? <laughs> no. Should we have a listen? Let's have a listen. Are you getting it? Um, I don't know whether I've applied or not. <laughs> you don't know whether you've applied? Um, well, no, I don't. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't you have to fill busy. out a form? Yes, I would have to. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> the third one, to be fair to him, I think he came in just on the truck. So I think it would be two trucks, a clown car, and a truck, if I was being fair. But I think we had four pauses of inner turmoil there. Are you getting it? Um, I don't know whether I applied or not. You don't know whether you've applied? Well, no, I don't. Clown I mean, wouldn't you have to fill out a form? Yes, I would have there to. You go. Did you? <laughs> Three trucks and a clown car. What a morning. Record breaker with the new Prime Minister. He, all his hopes and dreams have come to fruition at once. Uh, now, I hope you appreciate. Look, that was the very next break we did from uh, interviewing Winston Peters. And it was while there were two World Cup football matches going on, which were both relatively interesting at the same... I I feel wrung out like a dirty dish rag after that show this morning. I am Glenn ZB. <laughs> that was the rewrap. Please wrap me up with some alcohol and send it to me so I can use it for medicine. Uh, I'll see you back here again tomorrow for more.